Welcome to the party, pal. Michael Duke's show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Across the world, uh, on the interwebs, and uh, around the state of Alaska, on this, your favorite radio station and FM translator, it is The Michael Dukes Show, broadcasting live. Hello, and uh, good morning to you. (laughs) It's Wednesday. (laughs) It's hump day. Middle of the week, downhill slide. Gosh, I can see firearms Friday from here, can't you? Um, all right. Well, <clears throat> I uh, t- today, well, first of all, <laughs> the last, <clears throat> excuse me, the last six minutes have been very interesting. Uh, I've been trying to simulcast the, uh, the old radio show. Uh, on Facebook this morning, and uh, there is no joy in Mudville uh, for you Facebook uh, users today. The the no, it just it, it just doesn't like me. Does not like me. So that's okay. We're gonna be uh, we are all on YouTube this morning, uh, broadcasting our simulcast. So if you've been following along this morning, uh, feel free to join us over there. Uh, to feel free to join us over there on uh, on YouTube. Um, where you will find all the good stuff that's fit to print. Um, so, uh, hi, how are you? Uh, today on the program, remember yesterday I just said that the whole week was full and it was all going to be good? Well, <clears throat> unfortunately, we lost one of our guests this morning. Uh, Mike Schauer uh, got waylaid and uh, ended up having to, uh, uh, to call out. He'll be back next week. Special thanks to him for... Uh, uh, special thanks to him for uh, taking time out to come out and join with us every week uh, when he has the uh, availability to do so. Uh, so that means hour two of the broadcast today is just going to be me and you. Just me and you hanging out, doing our thing, and we look forward to, uh, we look forward to that uh, coming up uh, uh, next week we'll be uh, visiting with shower next week, but we look forward to hanging out with you and uh, and chatting with you guys in hour two on pretty much anything. Um, in hour one today on the program, we're going to be joined <clears throat> by a candidate for Alaska Legislative District House twenty five, and that is going to be. Um, uh, Larry Wood, who's going to be joining us here in just a few moments. We'll be talking to Larry about his candidacy. Uh, he's running for, uh, uh, he's running for office and boy, he's got a quite a, uh, he's got quite an extensive, uh, career and, uh, biography here. And, uh, it is, uh, it's, it's good to hear from Larry and we will be talking with him here in just a, uh, just a bit. And uh, getting his take on what's going on in state government and why 
Uh, he is now running for the House of Representatives and uh, the State House of Representatives, and what we can um, and what we can expect uh, from the, his campaign and from it, from him if he is uh, elected, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, a couple different ways you can uh, participate on the show. As always, just listen as you are now on the radio. But if for some reason you've fallen and you can't get up and you can't reach your radio, you know, you could always use your uh, smart device, your phone, your tablet, your computer. Uh, you could find the audio stream at my website, <clears throat> which is at michaeldukeshow.com. You can listen to the podcast later on uh, after the show. If you miss anything or you want to go back and re-listen to say, did Dukes really say what I think he said? Uh, I mean, you know, and the answer is probably no. I probably didn't say what you thought I said. But it is possible. It is. It is possible. Um, <clears throat> we'd love to. Uh, we'd love to hear. Uh, we'd love to hear everything from you this morning, and talk with you. You can also, of course, drop me an email. The email address is me at michaeldukeshow.com. M E at michaeldukeshow.com. Okay. All right. So, um, what are we going to start off with today? Well, there is going to be. A segment today of the good news. The good news that's going to be happening also in hour two. We might get to it here. Um, uh, we we might uh, we might get to a little bit of it here in hour one. But uh, right now, as of right now, I'm planning on uh, only covering it in hour two, just so that you are aware of what's going on. Uh, of what's going on, we will. Uh, We'll, we'll 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 get it going on. All right. <clears throat> so where should we where should we start? Mm-hmm. Where should we start? I've got a few comments. I've got a few notes from the trail. Uh, in fact, uh, that's probably a good place to start. I guess notes from the trail. Uh, that is Suzanne Downing. She's got kind of an ongoing running commentary on everything that's going on uh, around the state. And uh, when it comes to uh, elections and uh, elected officials and candidates and everything else. And she is uh, she's starting right here. Uh, looks like uh, Paul Hooper, uh, who is uh, a lieutenant governor candidate uh, out of Homer running with Chris Kirka, broke his leg a couple year a couple days ago, <clears throat> a couple years ago, broke his leg a couple days ago and is now laid up in Anchorage. For the time being, so he won't be campaigning uh, with the team for a little bit. Kirka, who is, uh, of course, a Republican candidate from the Valley, who is uh, running right of uh, pretty much everybody, said he will have to continue the campaign without his uh, running mate and wingman, and things will continue to go on. Also, more batches of endorsements are now out. Sarah Palin received the endorsement from the National Rifle Association, the NRA. So good for you. Uh, good for her. That's a coveted endorsement. Nick Baggage was also endorsed by uh, lifelong Alaskan and Fairbanks Borough Mayor Bryce Ward. Both Palin and Baggage, of course, running for Congress. Both are lifelong Republicans, and both have received endorsements that are coveted uh, amongst a variety of people. Uh, obviously, the NRA one is a bit more of a national deal, 
But uh, people like Mayor Ward in Fairbanks, so um, um, this is, uh, I think that's a, that's a good deal for him. It's a, a big thing. Um, what else? Uh, what else is going on on the trail? Uh, Tara Sweeney running for Congress in the regular primary wants to remind voters that they can write in her name in the special general election and then flip over the ballot and vote for her in the regular primary. She does not appear on the special general election ballot, but appears on the regular primary ballot. Now, my question is, after our conversation with Chris Bai here uh, a couple weeks ago, is uh, did she get all the did she file as a regular write in candidate? Did she get all that paperwork in? I'm not I'm not sure. Uh, I'm I'm not just not not sure, but uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what's going on. Uh, folks up in Fairbanks are experiencing um, uh, going to be experiencing golden days uh, this weekend. Uh, also down in Delta, it's the Deltana Fair and Music Festival. Um, and then in Soldatna, it is Progress Days. So it's a these people are going to be zipping all around the. Uh, they're going to be zipping all around the state, running from one. You know, all the candidates, anybody who's going to be a candidate for these things, they're going to be zipping all around the state, trying to cover all these events. But uh, it's going to be, it's going to be good. Um, and I will note that uh, Governor Dunleavy has finally got in gear. I uh, was just having a conversation yesterday with um, some folks who were well. Couple different folks, friends, and probably names you'd recognize outside of uh, politics. Nobody who's elected, but who has been kind of an insider in a lot of this. And uh, there was a lot of discussion between us on um, why the governor has not really done much as far as um, you know campaigning for the August primary. Which is, I mean, folks, we are what three weeks? Uh, let's see, two, ten, eleven days plus seventeen. Uh, we're 28 days away from the <clears> – <throat> no, that's not right. 27 days um, uh, twenty-seven days away from the uh, primary and the general special general election. And just now, the governor is finally deciding to hold a kickoff. And by just now, I mean a week from now. He's going to hold a volunteer kickoff in Fairbanks for uh, his Fairbanks team and Fairbanks office over there on July the 27th. So, okay, that'll be uh, that'll be interesting. Um, Kathy Hensley also uh, running uh, for uh, uh, State House. She is holding her fundraiser on next Monday, the 25th. Uh, in Anchorage down there. She's going to need some support on that as well. Uh, so that's kind of the roundup. Thank you, Suzanne Downing, for putting that together for things around the state. Um, also, I don't know if you saw this story. I don't even know if I want to cover it, but I think I'm going to. I'm going to simply because it's weird. Um, Palin, Sarah Palin, uh, on a podcast uh, this week, uh, she made uh, an uh, 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 an accusation. She said that talk show host Dan Fagan, who has the top-rated talk show host in Alaska, top-rated by whose standard? I mean, he may have the top-rated show in Anchorage because this air show does not... 
I used to be number one in talk radio in Anchorage uh, back in the day when I broadcast in Anchorage, but I don't do that anymore. I don't have a station in Anchorage, so, but top rated? How do you, mm, I'm going to take exception with that part of it just for a second because, wow. Anyway, uh, who has got the talk show uh, on KENI, which is uh, one of the stations in Anchorage, had a crush on her. This is what she said. She said that he has had a crush on her for many years and that he became her critic after she rebuffed him. (laughs) To which Fagan immediately took to the airwaves on Tuesday and took a strong, strong exception with that statement. Um. And uh, she, he said it's a matter of character for Fagan. Uh, he said that Palin is accusing him of making overtures towards her when she was a married woman. And she, he said that she's hyper-ambitious, do whatever it takes to win con artist, and a serial liar. It's not surprised that she would claim she rebuffed my unrequited crush. And I turned on her as a result. I have no romantic feelings for Palin. She, I mean, what? This is the... What? Yeah, by the way, Dan Fagan broadcasts out of Lee. He's not even in Alaska. I mean, heck of a nice guy, I'm sure. But, I mean, just I'm so I'm a little salty about that. I'll be honest with you. A little salty about that. Uh, anyway, this is the uh, this is this is the statement. She said uh, he was at my home hanging out with me. It was almost like he had a crush on me for many years. Mm, and she said, and then, though, when he was kind of rebuffed, watch this. This is going to be a takeaway for Fagan. He kind of turned on me, boo-hoo. That's what she said. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Uh, <clears throat> so, I mean, it was uh, – th- I mean, that's his story. That's the – that's an actual – this is what she actually said, that Dan Fagan is only harsh to her – because he had a crush on her and she and she told him no. That's that That's the only reason you can criticize somebody? I don't know. I don't know. I, I again one of those things. Uh okay. All right. Well, we're up against the break. We might as well just uh we might as well pull the plug on this. Thank goodness for the good news coming up at the top of the next hour. That's where we'll start things off, and that will be uh, that will be that will be much better. All right, I uh, will continue. Yeah, what is this middle school? He had a crush on me, so I just dumped him, and you know, I wow. All right, we gotta go. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We'll be back. Larry Woods coming up, our guest, candidate for GOP uh, uh, House seat in District 25. Back with more right after this. Regularly heard on American radio. I read that story. It came out yesterday and I read this story and I went, what? Of course, after saying that he's a top rated talk show host in Alaska, 
Well, baby, if you want to talk about footprint, just look right here. Biggest footprint in the state. <sighs> yeah, I'm a little salty about the whole not being on in the Anchorage market thing. It's a pet peeve. Uh, <clears throat> I have offered this show to a couple stations in the Anchorage market when people uh, started to leave. Uh, and uh, and by people, I mean Dan Fagan and Rick Rydell. Um, and I got a, I got a whole lot of uh, hemming and hawing and everything else, and then nothing. The irony is, is that I got offered, uh, I got offered Dave Steeran's show when he left, but I was like, I, I'm already doing a show. I'm already doing a show statewide in the morning. I don't need to do an afternoon show too. But, uh, <clears throat> anyway, anyway, I'm a little salty about that. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let me get things uh, squared away here. What did I, what was my final, um, yeah, you will call me. Okay. Just want to make sure that I got it all squared away this morning here. Whoops. Um, uh, it looks like, uh, oh, let's try this right here. Uh, he just tried to call. That was, uh, I apparently didn't realize that I had my phone. I thought it was ringing, but. Okay, now it's now it's beeping busy. Let's try this again. Come on, Larry. We'll uh, get you get you on the phone. There we go. We'll get you get you going here this morning. Hello. Good morning, Larry. How are you? Hey, I'm here. Good, good. Are you uh, are you on a headset? Or are you holding the phone, or what are you doing here? Uh, uh, holding the phone. Okay. All right. I got a little bit of background noise. I was just wondering. It sounds like you're. Uh, oh, let me turn the fan off. Yeah. I can hear the, uh, sounds like you're standing next to a dishwasher or something. All right. Uh, we're ready to uh, dive into this here. You all ready to go this morning? Uh, about as ready as it gets. Oh, come on. One more cup of coffee, my friend. One more cup of coffee and you will be all squared away, right? <laughs> Hot tea and no. Hot tea and no. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I could, hey, that's fair. That is very fair at this early stage in the game here. All right, well, uh, Larry, hold the line for me, and I'll be right back to you. It's just me and you and I don't know how many of our closest friends on YouTube right now. Um, uh, there's a few uh, in there, 34 watching right now. So uh, hold the line, and we'll be back to you here in just to, uh, and just be back here. Uh, all right, good morning, good morning, good morning. Okay, that link doesn't work. I don't know what link you're talking. Oh, did, is there uh, is there still? I suppose I need to put up a link to the show this morning. Is that what I need to do uh, on the Facebook page? Because Facebook is being retarded this morning. Um, I can't. Uh, all right, let me go over here. Uh, let me do this. Uh, let me uh, let me see if I can get. Um, there we go. Almost got it. Almost got it. No. God. Facebook, you are so... Go home, you're drunk. Facebook is so useless today. All right. Uh, let me get this posted up here so that we can... Um, um, let me go. Let me just say... Um, no Facebook Live this morning. Uh, 
Facebook is being stupid, go to YouTube. Brink. All right, there we go. Posting it up right now. Not now. Not now. All right. Uh, all right. I posted it up on Facebook because, you know, there you go. And the bell means we're coming back to it. Uh, make sure that you like and share this video or like and subscribe. Subscribe and ring the – do all the youtube things on this page right now. Do it now. Larry Ward, our guest. We're up next. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. All right, welcome back to the program, and good morning. Wednesday edition of the Michael Luke Show, broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and FM translator, uh, but not in Anchorage. Uh, <laughs> you ready to go? Let's uh, let's dive into this. Our new guest here this morning is uh, Larry Wood. He is a GOP candidate for House... Uh, for House District 25. Now, Larry's got quite the uh, resume. Uh, he has uh, been around for quite a long time. Uh, he is a Christian, conservative, Republican, pro-life, married for 50 years to an Alaskan teacher with 27 years of experience, a 67-year resident, great-grandfather, three kids whose families live in the Valley. Uh, he's been a resident of House District 25 since, uh, well, for 62 years, graduated from Palmer High School, been in business, done uh, done the AIP thing, worked for the Alaska Independence Party, been part of a variety of campaigns, including Governor Dunleavy's, and uh, just uh, and and he just went. He's here with us today to talk about his run for uh, state house. It sounds like I mean, it's a full bag of stuff. Let's uh, bring Larry on board here and get a chance to chat with him this morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? Hunky-dory, how about yourself? You know, there are, is no complaining because nobody listens anyway, so it just doesn't doesn't matter. Uh, I know the feeling. Yeah, I know, really. I start to, and then they're like, just shut your pie hole. Okay, fine. Um, well, Larry, uh, let's talk a little bit uh, about this. I mean, you got you got uh, quite the... You got quite the resume here, and uh, there's a lot of different stuff. Uh, I was going to ask you, as I ask many different candidates, you know, when exactly did you lose your mind and decide to run for office? But I see that was actually many years ago. So I guess first let's start with just a little bit of who you are, where you are, where you came from. I gave just a brief thumbnail. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, my parents uh, brought their family up in December of, or excuse me, January of 1954, which interestingly enough, my wife was born in February of 1954 in Palmer. Uh -huh. My grandparents were already here on my father's side for a Klutna. My dad worked on that for a year and then he went to Coppin with the territory. And uh, the state after Alaska became state. And then we came back to, to Palmer, uh, grew up in Palmer basically. I graduated from Palmer High School in 1970, did some courses in UAA, managed to make a whole 49 credit hours over the years, and decided a guy who's partially colorblind and uh, 
uh, isn't going to be a geologist or a mining engineer. Uh, we were involved with, with mining. I was also working for Anchorage Telephone Utility as a switchman, and I did telephony for about 18 years, and then uh, worked the family business in the off hours, so I had some very long days during those years. And we built our own jig plants. We built soil remediation equipment. I've worked in Canada, worked in Iowa, Hawaii, and uh, Hawaii was nice because that was about five year, five winters uh, of going someplace nice and warm. Yeah, that's the way to do it. And I've done business in Japan and in uh, Korea, so uh, I understand the art of negotiation. I understand contracts, uh, intellectual property, and a bunch of other stuff. And mining in Alaska, big issue was access, still is. Uh, NILCA is probably the bane of this state's growth uh, potential because they took away the rights of way across federal lands. And they also restricted federal lands that were supposed to be managed by the state for the state to use for resource development to pay for infrastructure development. It's the reason we don't have any roads out in the middle of nowhere now. Uh, yet, I should say, why our villages aren't connected by a surface transportation are infrastructure. You, Larry, are you talking in part about some of the RS-2477 right-of-way stuff? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. And uh, the bad thing about Anelka was... It also isolated the RNCs from their lands and village corporations from their lands, and there's still land swaps going on today, usually in favor of the feds, so they can get rights away to access their their properties that they're supposed to have to to make a buck off of. So, but the big deal—that's one thing. The big deal with me is uh, education, because of my wife's background in the fact that uh, I grew up here, was educated here. Uh, gee, I think I'm literate, but I'm not too sure about what's happening in Anchorage and some other schools in the Bush. Education is a absolute failure. We're 47th overall. Fourth grade is a, a dismal failure uh, in terms of literacy, reading, and writing. We're less than 50th. So what changes every year with the legislature in terms of education? All they do is throw money at it, and they do not try to um, get any accountability for the money. The big problem is federal funding. That's where Common Core comes from. That's where CRT comes from. That's where the LGBTQ program comes from. That's the 900-pound gorilla standing behind NEA's unions up here. And we need to get the union out of the classroom. We need to get rid of the federal funding. Because years ago, I had the opportunity to talk to uh, Carol Como. And I asked, I had just read an article about the, the regulatory overhead that the federal fund funding brought into a school district, into the classroom. Right. Federal funding uh, is 66%, brings 66% of the regulatory overhead. And it, that money does not produce or, or hire one teacher for a classroom. Those teachers go into administration to do nothing but turn all, or grant, they're a grant uh, 
printing office, basically. Right. Grant writers. For more money. Right, right. So there isn't a school district in Alaska that needs this money. All it's used for is to pump up the bottom line for the, the superintendent to eventually move on to a bigger school district and get more money. And we're left holding the bag of what didn't happen, which was literacy. So education has only one mission, and that is literacy. All these social programs need to go. All of the commie, excuse me, commie crap needs to go. I mean, it's ridiculous. My wife was a Christian conservative in Anchorage School District for 24 years when, when this kind of thing was starting. And... Uh, she didn't compromise her value. She was one of the, the very few who did not, but it wasn't easy either. And the union was always on her butt because of what she said, right. which wasn't politically correct. So, <clears throat> Well, let's, uh, let's give us a little bit here. I want to dive into a couple. Of, I th- what I found interesting more about your bio, too, was where you, uh, you know, kind of your journey, where you came from. You you said in uh, in what you sent me here that uh, you were you started out as a Democrat in 1970. You started out as a Democrat, and then you slowly transitioned over the course of a handful of years to the Alaska Independence Party. Uh, you ran for you ran for office then about 20 years ago, and then you slowly switched back over to uh, or switched over to I guess the Republican Party uh, in 2002. Tell me a bit about that journey. I'm 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 curious as to uh, uh, you know how that journey uh, transpired. Okay, my parents, like a lot of people in the valley at the time, uh, were Democrats, but they were southwestern Democrats, which meant socially moderate, fiscally conservative, and literally red, white, and blue. My father was a Marine in World War II, and he went to China after, did Korea and then did the cop thing. And he was also a guy that flew a lot. My mother uh, supported him 150%. So back then the Democrat party was the little guy, the small businessman and the blue collar worker. We were small business. So we got along with the Democrats. Everything was fine until Jimmy Carter came along. And uh, that's when the nut job showed up. That's when all of a sudden it was, we're owed. And I will never forget the little dolly that was about an axe handle tall and about three wide, sticking her hand in my face at the state convention in Fairbanks and telling me they owe us. And I'm standing there looking at her, asking, what do you mean? (laughs) Owe us what? They owe us. And if you don't like it, she pointed across the street where the Republican convention was happening at the same time and said, you need to go over there. Well, uh, when the state convention was over, that's pretty much what we did. Only I went AIP um, because that's where, as it turned out, I thought the conservatives, the real conservatives were and found out that AIP was something a little different. There was a lot of conspiracy theory, the uh, UN vote and all of this malarkey. So we decided, my father, myself, my wife, we decided we were going to change it into a state's right party. And we worked six years to do exactly that. We got to vote in, in March 2002. We actually did it. All of the garbage went away. And then the next 
morning, the executive committee overrode it. So that, that was uh, enough for me. I right. ran, and running under AIP was, was interesting. Uh, my father kept getting asked, why is he doing this? He's running for the wrong party. If he ran as a Republican or even a Democrat, we'd vote for him. And because uh, Joe Vogler's Joe Vogler wasn't exactly a popular guy. All right. And uh, nobody liked the U.N. vote thing. That was something that really stuck in people's craw about that party. So we thought we could take it and make it a state's rights party and focus on Alaska's issues because our issues kind of got lost. Right. And uh, since AIP wasn't going to happen, uh, I registered Republican and started going to the the uh, caucuses and to the uh, state conventions. And that's where I've been ever since. I've gone when I could go. Um, I was, I've been to motorcycle in uh, 1994, which leaves the, the left side a uh, bit weak. And then I got rear-ended in 2002, which screwed up my lower back. And then again in 2014, and uh, that split a disc in my neck. So the last, since 2002, things haven't been terribly pleasant and fairly limiting. And then last year, uh, I decided, screw it. If this thing in my neck is supposed to kill me, then we'll see if it's going to happen. So I decided I was going hunting that year. I built a 350 Legend on an AR-15 platform. And went with my sons, had a great time, beat the crap out of myself on a four-wheeler, and I came back. Didn't get a moose, but I came back. So I decided, all right, so much for orthopedics. And uh, looking at what's happening, the same things. We send the same people back year after year, and nothing happens. Right. Nothing's changing. Uh the incumbent on this side of the river is not what I feel is a conservative. Her voting record says otherwise. Uh, she's also been um, mm, her peers don't have that much confidence in her. That that's what I'm gonna the best way I can put it there. And I want to go fight. I want to get face to face with the baby killers and the perversion lovers and. Uh, get in their face. I'm not going to be nice. I'm not running for re-election. <laughs> right. The guy who's going to take this district is uh, already chosen. Uh, people are going to like him, but right now he has a commitment with the school board, so he can't cut loose early enough. So I thought I would, if, if I do nothing else, I'm going to uh, cause an ulcer on the part of the incumbent and maybe if worse comes to worse and I don't make it, she will hang a little further to the right this time and uh, actually be contributory. Okay. Uh, hold on the, hold the line here. Larry Wood is our guest, uh, GOP state rep for the new House District 25, which is uh, up in the Palmer area, um, uh, currently held by uh, Delana Johnson. We're going to talk with him a little bit about some of the specifics. We'll get back into the education question. And more here in just a hot second. Don't go anywhere. We'll continue with Larry Wood in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense. Liberty-based. 
Free Thinking Radio. Back with more and Larry Wood right after these messages. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. All right, we're in the break right now. Larry Wood is our guest. Larry, we're going to get into some of the specifics here in the next segment, and uh, we'll talk a little bit uh Talk a little bit more uh, about that. Uh, yeah, I, you know, Joe Vogler, I'm from Fairbanks originally, and so Joe Vogler is almost part of the uh, fabric of the of the conservative community up there quite a bit. Uh, that was a very interesting time, very interesting times for sure uh, there in the late 90s. Uh, in fact, this show got started in the late 90s there, and I had an opportunity to uh, to talk with a lot of people involved in that movement and uh, – uh, definitely, uh, definitely an interesting uh, 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 crew with the AIP. I loved a lot of what they stood for, but it did get a little bit into the weeds sometimes. It, well, same here. And yeah, we actually met Vogler at mining shows starting in the late seventies. Uh, we'd always talk to him and his wife whenever we saw them out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, he kind of a crusty guy but uh, still personable individual and typical Alaska miner. So one had to appreciate uh, where he came from on some of the, the issues. And But as far as the UN vote and the like, that was way out in left field. It really rankled with me for a lot of years, for the, the time I was with the party. And the goal was to get rid of that because that's what stopped more people from coming over to AIP. And uh, we had had a lot of good minds. I I was pleased to have uh, the opportunity. And I ran to give the party legitimacy because the party has to have a candidate. And a couple of times I was the only candidate. So I did it to do it for the party, if you will. But also the way I am is to learn about the enemy. And I recognized very quickly after the, the first campaign that, one, golly gee whiz, this is actually kind of fun, but it was different in those days. It's not the money mill it is today. And it, it's after COVID, we, we don't have the um, venues, the forums that we had back then. I mean, there was always... Uh, probably six or seven forums that you went to where you had the opportunity to speak publicly and people could see the difference between you and and your uh, competitor or competitors. So after the second run, uh, I realized we're not going to bust the Republicans. So do it one more time, and that's what I did. And then we had the, the convention in Palmer that year, and like I said, we got rid of the garbage, and my family went home very pleased with ourselves because a major hurdle had been overcome. Right. And then the next morning, it was, guess what? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, the will of the people of the party were overturned by the executive committee. Have a nice day. 
Yeah, that's exactly it. So, so basically, they were told they could have a nice day too. I, I was done with it. Yeah. So was my wife. She was the secretary, and I was vice chair. Interesting, interesting stuff to see that inner that inner party politics sometimes is very. I've seen that lately with the libertarians. Uh, same kind of thing's been going on with the whole uh, Mises caucus inside the Libertarians. It's been a very interesting thing to watch, that's for sure. Um, <clears throat> uh, Larry Wood uh, is our guest GOP candidate for House District 25 coming out of Palmer. Uh, we're, about, uh, oh, we're about a minute and a half out here from returning to the radio, and we're going to get into some specifics. We're going to talk a little bit more about education. We're going to talk about the budget, the PFD, the Constitution, the CONCON, and uh, and everything else with uh, Larry Wood, we'll get his take on it and see where uh, see where he's at on it, and uh, and get uh, and get some insight there from him. Folks, don't forget to uh, like and share the show this morning. It's more important than ever now because we're not on Facebook for some reason because Facebook is stupid. Um, but we're going to uh, we're on uh, we're here on YouTube, so make sure that you uh, like. Uh, excuse me, you subscribe and ring the bell. You hit the subscribe button and then you ring the little bell there to get notifications. So if we have the same problem tomorrow or the next day or next week where we can't simulcast on both Facebook and YouTube, that you at least get the notification. Excuse me. All right. Let's uh, let's see. Let's see where we're at right now. Coming up, uh, we're 30 seconds out from rejoining the radio so we will uh we'll be right back to it here in a hot second uh again uh make sure that you like and share and uh, check out larry i noticed that your website is not working larry so most people just need to go over to your facebook page right that's the best place uh they yeah they can try that i, I should have the website up today or tomorrow okay for sure it, all right it, Life has gotten in the way is about all I can say. I hear you. It's a, it's a busy time. All right, let's jump back into it. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty Base, Free Thinking Radio. Okay, continuing now, Larry Wood, GOP uh, candidate for State House, District 25 out of Palmer, is our guest. We just got a complete backstory talking with Larry about everything, where he came from and all that. Let's talk a little bit about some of the details. Now, Larry, you uh, said obviously education is a big component because of uh, your wife and her history and you know being part of the school districts and, and things for so long. And I'm gonna, We're going to get to that here in a second, but let's hit on some of the big hot-button issues that are facing a lot of Alaskans. Uh, first and foremost is the size and scope of the budget. Um, I mean, if you were going to rate the candidates or rate the legislators for where they're at right now, where would you put the uh, where would you put the candidates uh, or the the legislature as far as the score? Um, if you're grading them A to F kind of thing on the budget over the last handful of years, where would you you know are we just right? We right sized? We too much? We too little? Where are we at? About an F minus. F minus. Okay, that's a pretty much. Yeah, they 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 just don't. They just if the money's there, they're going to spend it. Yeah. I mean, I've I've been watching this for virtually since I was eighteen, 
And uh, it doesn't matter who the governor is. It doesn't matter who the, the legislature is comprised of. Uh, they do the same thing. I was with Sarah Palin's campaign. Sarah, one of the major complaints was Frank Murkowski's budget. Right. And then what did Sarah do the second she got sworn in? She spent like a drunken sailor. And it's gone downhill ever since. She's the one that, that really set the tenor. If the money's there, spend all of it. The problem is we're not spending it on infrastructure. We're not spending it on things that can be used to support business. Right. And and uh, get access to our resources and the like. Uh, it makes no sense. It, it seems that, that the legislature completely overlooks that aspect. Uh, why don't we have the roads? And and we pulled track on the, the Alaska Railroad. We used to have a track that went to Sutton. That's the reason we don't have a coal mine right now. And that coal mine would be 40 jobs, year-round good-paying jobs. And a mine, it was supposed to have a mine-mouth power plant, which would have lowered our electric cost in this valley tremendously. Right. But... The Greenies decided, the three Greenies on MEA's board, convinced the rest of them that, oh, this is this is a bad thing. We're going to build this Finnish engine diesel over gas, or gas over diesel, uh, natural gas over diesel uh, abomination. And uh, we're just going to, oh, that, that dirty coal mine, we're just not going to do that when most of the coal was going to go out of state. And it's a high-grade bituminous. It's almost anthracite. Yeah. So low sulfur. It, it's insane. So we bit our. That's one of the deals where we we chopped off our nose, despite our face, so that some people could feel good about themselves. We have the most. Having been in mining, we have the most restrictive mining laws in the world here. It's not a joke. There is no way in Hades that what these people complained about could happen. This isn't the forties, for heaven's sake. Right. Right. And two, we pay people to oversee these operations in government. Uh, apparently, they don't trust them. The the, the greenies, the, the folks that complained, why they know better than the regulators. So uh, here we here we sit, right? Sit. No infrastructure, yeah. no anything else. I mean, so obviously, the size and scope of government needs to be cut back, and you're. Uh, estimation um, <clears throat> and of course absolutely uh, education as we said earlier is a big component of that health and social services one of the big sticking points of course for most people is the PFD what's your position on the PFD should we be paying a full statutory PFD should we be paying back what has been held back so far should it be enshrined in the Constitution what do you what do you say uh I remember when it was a Republican Party trying to get rid of the PFD in the 80s after the pipeline was complete. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, what I believe is the PFT should be paid by the current statutory formula works just fine. Uh, there's been everybody forgets that the PFD or the permanent fund, the the split is not revenue for the state until the state gets it split and it goes into the general fund. Right. So. Uh, until that point, it's it's not the state's money, and uh, 
we're supposed to get 50%, which which comes out of our, which becomes our PFD. So yeah, we're owed money. What Walker took should be repaid with interest as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. If uh, it's fully repaid, then the legislature has standing, if you will, to look the people of the state of Alaska and say, we can't do this, we're going to kill it. I mean, at least they would have a basis to do that because they could say, well, we paid you everything, but we've got this big wall here. Unfortunately, the price of oil's gone through the roof, so they can't say that. Right, because they got all the money in the world. So, that, yeah, <clears throat> and, yeah. And, and it's what they're spending it on that, that's the insane thing. So bottom line comes down to this. The PFD is the greatest uh, stimulus to the to the economy in the state of Alaska the trickle-down idea that they have of taking this money and putting it into services and, and what have you and trickling it down through government, we all know that doesn't work. Right. I mean, good grief. Uh, how many billions have we squandered and still squandering? There's no accountability for the money. There's nothing. All we do is bloat government and make a bunch of people uh, or give a bunch of people a really nice retirement so they can go retire outside somewhere and pat themselves on the back uh, about how they screwed Alaska and Alaska. Right. Well, should we, so, but should we be, I guess my bigger question too, I mean, again, pro, pro, post-statutory PFD and payback and everything, should it be enshrined in the Constitution so the legislature absolutely. can't ignore it? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm one who now is firmly convinced if, we need to have a constitutional convention. There's a lot of issues that, that need to be cleaned up. We need to elect an attorney general. The 2020 election, we saw the governor file suit. We saw the attorney general make a run at the, the Supreme Court. And we saw the Supreme Court slap the, the governor down when neither one of the executive nor the judicial had a darn thing to do with that election. That was the legislature's purview. Right. Not the governor's. Not the Supreme Court, not the state Supreme Courts. Right. And uh, the legislature, this this is another reason I'm running. The legislature seems to abrogate its uh, authority, responsibilities, duties uh, on a fairly regular basis. It did this during COVID and uh, just dumped it in the governor's lap and ran for the hills. Right. Well, that 30-day review of any emergency declaration by the legislature and their vote of affirmation to continue it is our voice. And they took our voice completely out of it. Governor Dunleavy was the, f- the fourth most restrictive governor in terms of mandates during the, the COVID response in the United States. We had the fourth most restrictive. That is absolutely abhorrent to me, and it absolutely makes me very angry because I believed in that guy. I I supported him, and I am not happy. People died. Yeah, we uh, couldn't even get a get the the drugs we needed. Larry, uh, Larry Wood, uh, Larry, coming up at the end of the hour, and I, I haven't gotten to education. Can you hold over with me here for a little bit over the top of the hour for five ten minutes afterwards? Sure. All right. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break uh, because I still want to get to the education component because I think that's important, especially from the perspective of somebody who uh, his family who was involved in that and everything. So we're gonna continue here 
in just a moment with Larry Wood. We'll take him over the top of the hour and take him into the first segment there. We'll get the rest of what he uh, has to say. We'll get his, uh, his elevator pitch at the end. And we will continue. Then, of course, we've got the good news coming up. That's our good news segment in the next hour. And we'll also open up the phone lines to your phone calls as well. Larry Wood, our guest, The Michael Duke Show, will continue here in just a moment. If you've got to go for the day, go to work or whatever, live well, be kind to one another, and, and just love one another. We'll be back with more in just a moment, The Michael Duke Show. You know, Larry, you talk about being disappointed, and uh, I have to laugh because your resume in a lot of ways matches mine when it comes to, um, you know, following along with candidates. I mean, you you were part of the Palin campaign. I supported Sarah Palin. You were part of the Walker campaigns in both 2010 and 2014. I was one of the... I was one of the honorary co-chairs of the Walker campaign in 2010. And then in 2014, I was with him right up to the point to where he split the sheets and got in bed with Vince Beltrami. Uh, I mean, and and I was supporting Dunleavy. I feel like I just keep getting disappointed. I mean, how many times do we have to get our, you know, get our hands slapped before we realize we're just we're backing the wrong people at some point? Well, that's a big question. Something happens to these guys the second they're sworn in. All of a sudden, the door slams on those who supported them, them, and uh, they become somebody else. Mike Dunleavy had a, a, a really good pitch, a really good plan, cut the budget. He hired Donna Ardoon. She did the hard work. She was the lightning rod. What did he do? Uh, fired her. And then he started giving everything back. And it just went downhill. The stand tall thing didn't happen. Right. And uh, he, he and I talked about that before in December, before the campaign really started. And I asked him at the the time, he, he asked me, actually, he said, what do you think happens? Why do you think people change? I said, I don't know what happens. I've never been in that position. But I do know this. The second you're sworn in, buddy, you're going to change. Yeah. So this is the reason why at, at the campaigns, he always or campaign events, he would always say, "If I am not the, if you, if you have reason to believe that I'm not the guy you elected, then you let me know." Well, after he gave the money back on the or kowtowed on the the marine highway system, kowtowed to the university after the university admitted they could cut their budget by 35%. They did their own internal study and realized that the allegations of duplication of management on every campus in every department were, were true. So they said, yeah, we can do this for at least a year and, and then we'll look at it longer. Well, they could do it system-wide without any problem. And what did he do? He gave the money back. Right, and then he fires Ardoon to boot, and then in when we had the uh, special session up here, instead of sending the troopers in and grabbing Giesel and Edgman by the collar and dragging their butts up or throwing them in jail, he ignored it, and finally it got to be uh, a 
a standoff that wasn't producing anything. So myself and others said, put the ball back in their court, give them what they want, let it happen down there. Right. If they don't do anything, you made your point. At least you don't look like the fool. Well, he did that, and then he didn't follow through. He yeah. never used the bully pulpit. No, and he, and he rolled over and wet on himself on a couple things where he had the opportunity to stand, you know, to stand tall, to call them in to you know, force the issue, to do what needed to be done. As you talk about with the university, he blinked. Um, and, uh, you know, and again, the firing of Donna Arduin is to me, one of the most, uh, is one of the most critical failures of his governorship, uh, because he had the opportunity with her there. She was willing to take the slings and arrows. She was willing to be the lightning rod. She'd done it before. She'll do it again. She was willing to be the bad guy. And, uh, and yet he let the people around him talk him into, and not just firing her. But the way that it was done, you know, via text message and everything else, it just, I mean, there is no standing tall in any part of that. That's that. Yeah, absolutely agreed, man. It, it was, it was, it was so disappointing. It was incredible because I've been through this with Palin, with Walker, Walker's second campaign. He didn't tell the campaign, by the way, that he made the deal with Malark and Malat was dead in the water as of November 2013 when Disa Jacobson uh, published her opinion piece. It was published in ADN and uh, up north, and she said that if Malat was elected, he would set back uh, sexual abuse progress in this state by 50 years. I mean, she was she excoriated him to the native community and to to the rest of the public. He was gone. He was done. Parnell, he shot himself in the book in the foot by failing to be a leader. And who has Dunleavy surrounded himself with now? The same group of cats. You mean the same That's business right. as usual crowd? Yeah. That's right. I, I I told him back in December. I said you cannot become a Parnell White. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what he is. That's what we have, and the ivermectin thing shows it. Yeah. Florida governor says, several other governors have said, you will have access. In Alaska, our governor doesn't have the, the balls. And on top of that, who did who was his, his chief medical officer on this? And Zink, who, as it turns out, is somebody who believes in population control. So every death to her was just a positive. Hmm. I mean, well, she's, I had that's, heard. that's what she said, or that's what she believes. So her, her grandfather, she's an acolyte, and she made no bones about it, the Watchman interviewed. So anyway, um, Alaska's got a lot of problems. The biggest problem sets in that legislature. Part of what, what I want to do is to be able to go down. I used to write a lot before COVID. Yeah. Well, hold, uh, hold, hold, the, hold the line. Hold the line, Larry. We're coming back into it. We got to we got to jump back on board here. Uh, we're going to uh, come back in hour two. We'll change gears a little bit. Back with more of the Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio. Here we go. Whoa, buddy.
buddy, put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Across the world on the interwebs at MichaelDukeshow.com, where you'll find the audio-only live stream and, of course, links to all our social media. Broadcasting on Facebook, Twitch, usually on YouTube, or uh, uh, YouTube and Twitch, usually on Facebook as well. Uh, not today, though. And, of course, across radio stations uh, on the, uh, on the, across the whole state and FM translators everywhere uh, as well. Uh, we are continuing here this morning just a little bit. Uh, we were, uh, were, we were going to finish up with uh, candidate Larry Wood, who's the GOP candidate for House District 25 in the last hour, but uh, we got just too much information. We're just too much uh, conversation here, and I wanted to finish up with Larry, so he agreed kindly to hang over into this next segment, and we will, uh, we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about just a couple more things with this. Larry Wood joins us this morning. Uh, again, uh, if you missed it, you can go back and listen to the rest of it on the podcast or on the replay or whatever. Uh, Larry, <clears throat> the uh, you started off with education because your wife obviously was in the school system for over 25 years, um, was part of it. You've seen it. Education is our second largest uh, expense line in state government, uh, yet we continue to have the lowest scholastic achievement uh, in the nation. Um, the answer seems to continuously be, well, what we really need is more money. What we really need is more money to fix it, and if we just had more money, we'd be better. Well, we've thrown ever-increasing amounts of money at education, uh, and it seems to continually be sucked up in the overhead, in the uh, administration, in the facilities, and everything else, and that money doesn't seem to be translating down into the classroom, and it doesn't seem to be actually educating our kids. And so what is your solution um, for education. I mean, what is the answer to fixing what's fundamentally broken in, uh, in schools? Is it, you know, school choice? Is it vouchers? Is it backpack funding? Is it, uh, the, the, the dual enrollment that we had the folks from Alaska policy forum on talking about here a couple of weeks ago? What is the solution to fixing the education problem in the state of Alaska? Uh, it actually, it's, it's fairly, simple, but for some reason uh, our legislators don't like to go there. Uh, one is school choice. My school, my kids have been homeschooled, private school, and uh, public school. So we did all three. But uh, the big deal is the DOED funding is the 900-pound gorilla. It drives NEA to do their crazy stuff. They are the LGBTQ agenda uh, that's so extreme the transgender thing, the whole nine yards. And to get rid of that is simple contract law. The Supreme Court said a long time ago, you don't take the money. You don't have to, to take the conditions either. 
So if you take the money, then you take the strings that come with it, vis-a-vis Common Core, the whole nine yards, all the failures, all right? We need to put this back to local control. It should be the parents who determine how their kids are educated, not the state, not the federal government. Get the union out of the classroom, put it back to wages, benefits, and working conditions only. Get their PACs out of the game uh, in terms of influencing legislators, elected officials, because, and I think that's viable, it's not, it would not be unconstitutional, because the individual member has a right to vote. They can make their own choice. And if you've ever noticed with unions, the union management is usually pretty liberal. They, they back Democrats, but the union rank and file are something else at least in in IBEW, the construction trades and the like, those guys uh, belong to a union because it's a closed shop. We need a right to work law too, and I'm retired IBEW. The unions have just gotten into government and they feed and they feed, and education is a sacred cow. So NEA, anything NEA says, the state does very conservative people all of a sudden become very complacent and very compliant to NEA's demands because you've got to give the money for the kids. You've got to give the money for the kids. And yet these are the same people who are also advocating Planned Parenthood in high schools, having offices in high schools. Right. And promote abortion and, and perversion and on and on. It has nothing to do with whether or not Junior is going to be able to read and write. And when that individual graduates, is going to have the basic tools needed for an employer. I was an employer. I didn't hire illiterate people. They had to be able to understand what we did, how to use the tools, and be able to use the tools without harming themselves. So we need to go back to basics. We, we need to go back to, to education and get rid of the social programs. And the only way we can do that is get the, the DOED out. Had Gingrich's block grants without uh, strings attached, actually worked out when he was Speaker of the House, we wouldn't be where we're at today. This is all, they have, they have destroyed a good education system, the Democrats have, and uh, it's all part and parcel to destroying this, this country. You have to destroy the family, you have to devalue the, the people, and you have to devalue and destroy their, their traditions, their culture, their laws, Take everything away so they become subject to the state. That's what this globalization malarkey is all about. I mean, it's right out of out of uh, Marx 101. What? And uh, uh. yet we, we ignore it. Our schools are being used. Look what's happening in Anchorage. Do you uh, do you think that uh, you know one of the comments and things that we've talked about here on the program for quite a while is the uh, you know breaking down the BSA, breaking down the fun- the formulas, the things that have automatic escalators built into them, which you know has been a very tough sell, been a very tough 
a fight uh, any kind anytime it's been brought up uh, because it's such a sacred cow to the unions and everything else. But is that key in your mind to breaking open those formulas so that they have to justify every increase as they go forward? Well, the bottom line is, like I said, if you get rid of the if they stop taking the 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 federal money, the the a Department of Education, Federal Department of Education funding, all of that, like I said, 66% of the regulatory overhead in the classroom, it all goes away. It becomes a local issue then, and our school boards can then set the the curriculum and the agenda according to the way the, the parents need to do it. Right. If you get rid of the federal money, all of what you're talking about is moot. Well, we don't have that. We don't have that over oversight anymore or overhead anymore. Right. Well, and that's the thing. That's the problem with government. It's, it's always got that hook in it. You know, we'll give you the free money, but you've got to toe the line on this, this, and this. All that free money, quote unquote, has always got some kind of hook in it to uh, create a regulatory scheme or or uh, uh, or, or anything else. Um, but it's not just in K twelve. You mentioned earlier the governor's attempt to cut into. Uh, the University of Alaska. And I mean, look, we've actually got two similarities here. Just like the university has got three separate campuses, three separate divisions, all overseen by another separate leadership division. We've got this duplication of effort. We're seeing the same thing in the public schools with, you know, over 50 separate school districts, all with the same uh, structure and overhead and and administration and duplication, duplication, duplication. I mean, we could we could streamline the hell out of a lot of that stuff, but people have got to be willing to do it. And of course, nobody wants to do it because all they can think about is all those jobs that would be lost. Think about all the money that could be saved. Think about the money that could be spent on kids' education instead of infrastructure, school infrastructure, teachers, administrators pay, all the other kind of stuff. Wouldn't that be too bad, huh? Yeah, I mean, the education, people act actually learning something. The the university. One thing that needs to be done is the the student funding, student loans need to be revamped so that that money can only be used for core courses. No more of the uh, woke stuff. If it doesn't apply directly to that a major or that minor, then not a, none of the elective stuff gets paid for, so it can't come in. That'll starve the communists out. Eventually, the, the university will have to conform. Or if you want to be really uh, extreme, cut student funding altogether, Stafford student loans, the whole nine yards. And, and like I said, that starves the, the entrenched bureaucracy, the folks that are really doing the damage to the education system out, it forces the university to compete for everybody they get, just like they used to have to before student Stafford loan, the GI Bill, and state loan programs. There was a time when none of this existed, right. and our universities did just fine. Right. Well, again, so it's easy. It, it's easy money. Why do our medical costs rise? Because of the Insurance, easy money. Sure. You know who's paying the bill. 
Well, it's gov- government intervention in everything. I mean, if you want to look at education, the, the universities in this country really uh, started to have some severe problems when they started accepting all that federal money. And that's when you saw the cost of that education skyrocket when they started getting all that free money. Same thing in healthcare. Same thing in public schools, K-12. I mean, we're seeing all that across the state. This is a – I mean, there's a – that that's a that's a that's a prime prime example, Larry. We're down to the last couple minutes here of this segment. I want to let you go, but I want to give you a chance to give us your elevator pitch. Uh, you're running for House District 25 against the incumbent Delana Johnson. You're trying to make a difference here. You're trying to wake people up. You want to give them a more conservative choice. Um, give us the full uh, elevator pitch here. You got a couple couple three minutes to tell people why they should vote for Larry Woods versus anybody else and uh, and wh- you know what you're what you're planning on doing when you get there. Okay, I, I support SB 140. Uh, no tr- no males in female sports. Period. Mm-hmm. Uh, males 35 percent greater muscle mass, 20 percent greater lung capacity, and the world. Rugby Association has barred males from uh, competing with the females. Uh, and I'm talking the quote-unquote transgenders. The X chromosome doesn't go away. So we need to make sure that our schools are safe in that regard, keep the boys out of the girls' locker room and out of the girls' showers, and uh, bar treatments for transgender for minors. The, the physical harm is too great. The kids don't understand the adolescents. When they turn 18, they can screw themselves up all they want, but I don't think the state needs to pay for it because it is elective. Education, again, get rid of the federal funding. It comprises 3 to 8% of the budget. doesn't put a teacher in the classroom. All it does is build bureaucracy that's not needed for education. We need to get back to basics. We've got a real comeuppance. Uh, coming here in in the the near future with what's happening with our food production, our economy. Uh, The handwriting's on the wall, folks. This isn't something that's going to go away with the next president in 2024. It's going to take a decade to undo or two decades to undo what Biden and company have done. We're in for some hard times. COVID response, we don't want to do this again. Our rights should come first. The legislature went and ran, handed it off to the governor, and did not act as our arbiter in our favor by reviewing the governor's emergency declaration, looking at the studies that were coming out, and making sure that the right things were done, and listening to the the doctors on the other side. Early treatment was completely ignored. Ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, which was in use around the world to great benefit. Why here, for some reason, we couldn't use it because it was too cotton-picking cheap. Fauci lied, people died. Simple as that. And we don't need this anymore. We have rights. This isn't the Soviet Union. Constitution comes first. Constitution is supreme law of this land. And I am a Second Amendment proponent. I carry every day. And I've also gotten into building my own rifles, which is kind of cool. <laughs> so, all right, uh, Larry, where do folks where do folks find out? I mean, I'm I'm all down with that. Where do uh, where do folks find out about you, Larry? Okay, the website's not quite up yet, but it will be up the next day or two. WoodHD25.com. Um, Otherwise, 
Facebook Wood HD 25 and uh, look at the state's uh, website, the, the election website where the candidate information is. That gives my telephone, my email, so and also the, the website and, and so on and so forth. So uh, it will all be there. All right, Larry. All I can say is vote. Whatever vote. you do, just vote. Whatever you do, go out there and vote. Larry Wood, our guest, candidate for House District 25 in Palmer. Larry, thank you for coming on board this morning and joining us. We appreciate you being part of it. Appreciate it, Michael. Thanks. Thank uh, you very much. Thanks for coming on board. That takes us right up to the commercial break. And we're going to continue. Coming up next, the good news. The good news is up next. And we'll open up the phone lines to uh, take your call, see what you have to say. The Michael Duke Show continues in just a moment right here. You're home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. All right, we're in the break right now. Uh, Just finished up. Larry is... uh, Done for this morning. Um, um, Certified master section primarily six four is the second director with the zero. Okay. Um, all right. Just checking out all the checking out all the messages. Okay. <clears throat> What's the phone number, uh, says Miss Sled Dog. The phone number for the show? Is that what you're asking? Are you looking for Larry's phone number or my phone number? Um, because my phone number is right there. See? It's right there. Right over there. All right. Um, Facebook on the Fritz again? Yes. Facebook can suck it. Uh, Facebook, I don't know. I tried to restart it. I I don't even know how many times this morning I tried to restart Facebook. Somebody can, um, somebody can, uh, I'm sure, I I tried to start it at least three or four times this morning. Um, And it finally... It finally, uh, it finally popped up here. What is this? Uh, let's see. Let's see how many times did I? How many times did I do it? It looks like uh, four times. Four, four times. Um, just, it is so, so frustrating. Um, Facebook definitely being stupid. Facebook can suck it. Uh, in fact, I need to go over and I need to delete all these. Cause there's like, again, there's like Tuesday. I had like three, four, five, six different attempts to, uh, to get it, uh, 
to get it fixed. Uh, that's not uh, – it's upcoming. Live replays. Here we go. Uh, 36 seconds. So I got to delete all these ones that are like, you know, 30 seconds, 12 seconds, 25 seconds. Um, trying to get all those uh, – try, trying to get all those things uh, squared away. Um, uh, 20 – why are all those there? All right. Well, we'll just – We'll just delete those forever. Six videos are about to be deleted forever. Yes. Boom. Deleted. All right. So hopefully that it's just it's the worst when I get up in there and I got like half a dozen videos trying to get Facebook to start. Um, well, clearly you flooded the engine if you kept trying to start it. It's very potential. It's very good. Potentially you are correct. I could have just flooded the... I should have just not put my foot on the accelerator at all. It's fuel injected, after all. You should never put your foot on the accelerator when it's fuel injected. Um, all right. Let's... Uh, we'll continue on here uh, and uh, keep... Ta- Although I did have to laugh because yesterday I got a notification on the show from Facebook after the show that somewhere in there... They think I used copyrighted music, and they muted a minute and eight seconds of the show. I'm trying to figure out exactly, because I didn't play any music yesterday except for the stuff right out of Facebook's library of royalty-free music that they want you to use. when you, uh, All the music that I use on the show has come from royalty-free or paid-for you know, music. And so I don't know, I don't know what they're talking about, but apparently... Minute and eight seconds of audio they had to mute. So if you go back and watch the show tomorrow, there's a portion of it that might be muted. So I I don't – of course, it won't tell you where the minute it, – it'll tell you that it's a minute. They're very precise. It's a minute and eight seconds. But, of course, they can't be precise enough to tell you where in a two-hour broadcast this minute and eight second is. I was just like, okay, all right. Uh, Anyway, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Let's get back to it. Um, We will uh, continue. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free thinking radio. Like and share. Subscribe and ring the bell. What are we up to? 317 subscribers? I only need 1,000. All right. Um, welcome back. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. And uh, we're getting ready to crack it open now in hour two with a segment that I like to call All Good News. Uh, what, have you heard the good news about the good news? <laughs> feel like an old-time evangelist. Let me tell you about the good news. Uh, this is our segment that we started last week that I kind of had a lot of fun with. I felt really good about it. 
and it was a uh, it's a segment that's not always easy to find stuff for. Although today I got to say I'm blessed with a whole bunch of uh, a whole bunch of good stories. This is just stuff that has nothing to do with politics, but it's just something to make you smile, something to make you feel good about uh, you know about like when you look outside. I mean, I don't know if I'm the only one, but sometimes I'll read the news or I'll look on social media. And I'll look at myself in the mirror and go, we're doomed. We're we're doomed as a society. <laughs> just, you know, it's just sometimes you just look at it and go, oh, this is just this is not, not good. Uh, so I decided to start doing this segment simply because um, it makes – I did it last week because I just – I couldn't face some of the other stuff and I, I wanted – so anyway, here we are. So it's – this is, I should have like a theme song and a whole deal and all this kind of things, um, but good news. So let's uh, let let's get into it. Um, the good the name of our store in Fairbanks. So is that Good News Bible and Books? That's the name of the store in Fairbanks. Is that the one you're talking about? Let's talk about the good news. So uh, from all across the world today, uh, today we start off in England. An English family was left stunned and upset when their dog escaped one day. Peter and Paul Clozier came, uh, became very sick at heart with worry when their five-year-old beagle mix vanished on Sunday morning. They called the police, the dog warden, which I'm assuming is like animal control, and looked all over their house in West Sussex. Uh, and they had all their neighbors in the neighborhood join in the search for little Bonnie, the, the beagle mix. Uh, when Peter was searching and he found that the gate had swung open, he thought, oh, no. Little did they know that John Wilmer had, spawned, uh, had spotted Bonnie by the side of the road while on his way to a dog show in Surrey where he was entering his own two dogs in that show. Um. And, uh, I mean, this is, this is crazy. So, uh, he said, uh, soon after the family's fears were eased, uh, when Paula spotted a Facebook post by John, hoping to locate the pet's owners, he said, uh, he was running late for the dog show at the time. So he just picked up the dog and then asked on Facebook, does anyone know this dog? While he was at the competition, while he was at the competition, he decided to enter Bonnie into it. He said, I thought I might as well enter her into the best rescue dog category. And so lo and behold, when Bonnie was returned to Peter and Paula, Bonnie had a bright yellow ribbon on her chest for winning third place in the best rescue dog category. So not only did they get Bonnie back, they get Bonnie back with a little bit of a Fortuitous circumstance. Bright yellow ribbon on her collar. Third place as the best rescue dog. Everybody's happy. It is, I mean, that is just, that is so, so crazy. So crazy. Um, all right. The next story on the good news. Um, again, restoring your faith in humanity and showing that sometimes doing the right thing for no really apparent or wanted gain is still the right thing, and it can pay benefits. 
A 17-year-old teen in San Diego found a purse in a grocery store parking lot. And although he uh, expected nothing in return, he decided in uh, instead of bringing it inside the store, he decided to deliver it himself to the woman's front door. Although the owner, Elena Martin, wasn't there, the purse was left with her roommates, and the home surveillance video was later used to track down the high school graduate to show him some love. Uh, Maria uh, Melina said, I looked into the ring camera and I was like, oh my God, he's such a young kid. We need to find him and give him a little piece of gratitude. She and uh, the woman who lost the purse posted the image on social media and found the young man who had returned the bag, which contained $20 in cash and a wallet full of credit cards. Uh, the boy said, uh, his name is, uh, his name is Adrian Rodriguez. The boy said, uh, my mom always told me since I was little, always do the right thing when nobody's around, when nobody's looking. I didn't expect anything back, honestly. Uh, he said, if somebody found my stuff, I'd want them to bring it back to me. But see, the good news doesn't stop here. Uh, 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 the uh, Elena Mar uh, Marquez organized a GoFundMe campaign as a way for friends and new admirers to reward Adrian's honesty. Almost 800 people sent money into the GoFundMe site, and they gave him a reward of over $17,000 for returning the purse. It it actually made the it actually made the the local news in San Diego, and uh, and everything else. It is just fantastic, absolutely. You know, again, hope restored. We are not all doomed, as I often fear. Hope is restored in that regard. So, I mean, congratulations to uh, Adrian Rodriguez, who did the right thing, did the right thing, and returned it. Um. I just, I just love that. I just love that. Um, third story in the good news. Before we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna do the good news, and then we're gonna open up the phone call uh, into the next segment. But um, uh, this is a story again, back over into Europe, into the uh, GNC. Strong current swept a thirty-year-old man out to sea when he was on a beach vacation. But just like the Castaway movie, he now has a soccer ball to thank. For his survival, the Macedonian man spent 18 hours holding on to the partially deflated leather soccer ball in the Aegean Sea before he was rescued uh, 15 miles away from, before, from where he was swept out off the beach. Although a good swimmer, he was growing tired when his luck changed and the rainbow-colored soccer ball came floating towards him. When the news broke out about his real-life Wilson experience. Remember, that's the castaway, Wilson the soccer ball. A pair of Greek children reported that the colorful soccer ball had ended up in the seas 10 days earlier when they were playing football on the island of Lemnos, 80 miles away. <laughs> 80 miles away. Made it all the way. Uh, the uh, the uh, swimmer was spotted by a Greek Air Force helicopter involved in the search teams that was also looking for his friend. Uh, they shared the photo posing with the ball uh, alongside uh, his hospital, outside the hospital in uh, in Greece there. But again, they got it. Soccer ball. Uh, that I'm never letting go of that ball. If that was me, that ball would go up on my shelf forever. This is the ball. That's, this is the soccer ball that saved my life. Just amazing stuff. All right. Final story today in the 
the good news category. Are you ready? Nora Langdon is a world champion powerlifter. She holds 19 world's records. She has a personal record of 413 pounds in the squats, 381 pounds in the deadlift, and 203 pounds in the bench press. The most inspiring part about this is that she's 78 years old. I mean, and, and, the, and the, the thing is, she didn't even start powerlifting until she was 65 and too out of shape to walk up the stairs in the houses she was selling as part of a 35-year real estate career. She, uh, celebrating a birthday, a friend in- introduced her to Art Little, a personal trainer, uh, trainer at the Royal Oak Gym in Michigan. She came to watch a powerlifting meet and asked Art if she could do the same eventually. He was, uh, I mean, hesitant because she was 65, but started her off with the basics. Now, she estimates she has 20 to 25 medals in her trophy room. She's competed in 25 sanctioned meets and won 23 of them. She is the most decorated powerlifter in her weight class. She competes in powerlifting three times a year, the states, the nationals, and the worlds. And she actually has a GoFundMe campaign to help her finance her ongoing career in powerlifting at the age of 78. 78 years old. And this this chick can power, she can squat more than you can. I mean, this is some insane stuff. She's a national champion. Oh, this is some good, good stuff. Uh, I'll post the link up to this story uh, from the Good News Network up in the chat room. This is, uh, I mean, this is inspiring. Absolutely inspiring. You could do it, man. 78 years old, world power, world champion power lifter. Got started when she was 65. And, uh, yeah. She's not going to be doing no, oh, man, scary. All right. She's the, the she do a granny power lifter, granny power lifter. All right. So that, my friends, is the good news today. That's just, that's just good news. I love that. Actually got a little tear in my eye. I was laughing. Um, feels good, don't it? All right. Let's open up the phone lines. Final segment of the show this morning uh, is over on the uh, call-in lines, 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. This hour of the program being brought to you by your friends over there at Satellite West. You can find out more about them at SatelliteWest.com. Big thank you to them for sponsoring the program. We will continue with more. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free thing and radio, and your phone calls up next. On the Michael Duke Show. What is that? Common sense. Regularly heard on American radio. Okay, we are in the break. 400 squats. She does 400 squats and holds 19 world records. I just, 
I mean, dang, sister, you get it. You get it. Whew. Some crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. But you got to love it. Got to love it. Yeah, I found the Good News Network. They've got a lot of great stories over there. I, I Good stuff. Well, anyway, we might expand the good news to a couple times a week. This was so much fun. I was enjoying this. Um, oh, what else? Uh, what else we got here? Um, all right. I guess we got one phone call on hold. So we'll go over there. Uh, by the way, uh, Larry said that you could find the information about him on the state website. Here's the link to the state website where it's got all the candidate information, including their emails, their phone numbers, and their websites. That's the full list of candidates for the primary right there. So if you haven't followed that, that's a great place to go. Um, to get all the information. If you want to call a candidate or email them questions or whatever, that's the best place to go right there. I just followed. I just dropped that link to you right there. So go, enjoy, fly, be free, do your thing, do what you're going to do with it. Um, Close that window, close. I don't need Facebook because who needs Facebook? Let's go over here and see who's on the phone that we can get back to here when we come back to the radio. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hi, this is Kay. I'm calling from the Sterling Soldatna area. Okay, Kay. Will you please hold the line, and I will be back to you here in just a hot moment. You will be first up in the queue. Uh, and let me just say this is Kay from Sterling. Okay. All right. So I'm going to be back to Kay here in the beginning. We will uh, we'll do that. Um, uh, had an aunt who won a gold medal at the World Senior Games in table tennis at age 85. She quit because they were bringing they were bringing ringers. 65 year olds, <laughs> ringers. Oh man, that is so. I just 78 years old. I'm just I'm still just shaking my head. 78 years old, just doing her thing. Oof, oof, dang, 400 squats. Yeah, you're definitely be wearing a T-shirt that says my grandma can squat more than you can. Uh, I mean, that would be the <laughs> that would be my next thing. <laughs> oh, that is uh, uh, that's that's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. Um, all right. Uh, what else uh, we got going on here this morning? Just double checking to see if um um. See if there's anything else uh, coming in, any emails coming in over the over the electronic transom here to that I need to know about for the show. And um, we are good to uh, um, uh, we are we are good to go. All right. Um, let's uh, where are we at? OK, two minutes. Sorry, I just. I got so jacked about the good news, I didn't even know what to say. Uh, all right, record rainfall, blah, 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 blah. Good news. Record, record-setting record harvest for Bristol Bay salmon. That was a that was one of the stories this morning that I didn't get to. Uh, they are up almost uh, 6 million. So far this summer, the Department of Fish and Game has counted 73.7 million salmon which shattered the record from last year of 67.7 million salmon. The current uh, harvest for Bristol Bay stands at 56 million, which eclipses the 44 million in 1995. Meanwhile, up in the Yukon, 
they had to have 13,000 pounds of fish delivered and donated because they've closed the river up there. It's, uh, it's just crazy stuff. Anyway, good news on some fronts. Uh, back. Um, all right. A minute of 45. We are almost ready to go. Please like and share this video. Like and follow the show page. Make sure that you um, ring the bell. Hit subscribe and ring the bell on YouTube. 317 subscribers. And if you haven't subscribed, I'm trying to get to 1,000, you know. I know I was complaining about, and I don't mean to complain, but it's a little frustrating. I've got 3,500-plus followers on Facebook, and I can't get 1,000 of them to go over and like the YouTube channel as well. I mean, I'm, I'm seriously considering moving exclusively to YouTube because Facebook is so problematic. I really am. Um, I, I, the, the Facebook, I have to struggle with it every, every day, uh, trying to get it started. It's very rarely that it takes on the first time. And, um, I, I just, I really, I'm really frustrated by it. So, all right. Well, um, if you would subscribe and ring the bell, that would be appreciative. All right. We got uh, Kay on the line. We're going to jump into this. The Michael Duke show, common sense, liberty-based free thinking radio. Like a chair, like a chair, obey. <laughs> Here we go. All right. Uh, Welcome back to the program. One final segment. This hour of the show being brought to you by our friends at Satellite West. You can find them at SatelliteWest.com for all of your communications needs. Whether it's the Pivotel phone or the Bivy stick or some kind of VHF or radio communication, Satellite West handles it all. Check them out again at SatelliteWest.com. All right, let's uh, go over to the telephony. Uh, Kay is calling in this morning from Sterling, and we will see what uh, she has to say this morning as we get things kicked off with uh, your calls. Good morning, uh, Kay. What's on your mind? Good morning, Michael. Hey, I just wanted to make sure, I haven't listened to you in a while, that people realize what Dunleavy did when he signed Bill 145 with the pharmacist. Um, he, he signed away doctor's rights to prescribe the ivermectin and the hydroxychloroquine to their patients and let pharmacists override them back in, um, back in about February or March of 2020, I called Fred Myers. I was living in Anchorage and I called Fred Myers and I asked him if they were filling prescriptions for, uh, ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine for COVID and they said, yes, but we haven't had any calls for it. It was just getting underway, but I heard that some states were blocking it. And so I'm not sure how far down the road, but um, I do know that by November of that year, I moved out here by Sterling and I called every pharmacy out here and none of them would fill a prescription for either one of those therapeutics. So 
there was a big blocking going on. Well, you know, it fired me up. I was so angry that I wrote every news show, not everyone, but a lot of them that I watch. And one of them that I wrote to was Steve Bannon. And lo and behold, the following week, about four days later, he had Dr. Robert Malone on his show. And they were talking about this very subject. And lo and behold, I, I can't remember if he stated it on that show, but it was shortly afterwards they announced that they were coming to Anchorage for the summit, you know, the big summit. We had one doctor right. that they put up there on the stage who was pushing the therapeutics. Um, and so a bunch of doctors showed up. I right, mean, right, Dr. Right. Cole, uh, tons of them. I remember. Even the little Chinese girl, you know, right. that came over here. She was on there. You know, it was a big deal. But Dunleavy just signed away our rights to get. I don't. I haven't called the pharmacies lately. You can call them. Just call them up and ask them, are you filling prescriptions, you know, for ivermectin or HCQ for uh, for COVID yet? And and I'll bet you they're still saying no. So he just gave them the rights. He just legally. I wrote Dunleavy many times about this. He has so much blood on his hands. I can't even believe it. You know how many people died because they couldn't get those therapeutics. And ask, tell me, did, did Dr. Fauci take remdesivir when he came down with COVID over and over after all his vaccinations, supposedly? I'm sure he didn't. We know it's a killer drug. Right. Well, I so, know. I'm so angry at Dunleavy. Yeah, well. And Trump should have never, ever supported him when he was here. That angered me so bad. Um, I need I, to write him. I know that there is, uh, I know that there's a doctor down there, uh, um, uh, it's a physician's assistant or a doctor. I can't remember. Anyway, she's got a clinic where she has been using a variety of therapies to help treat COVID. And she was on the program here about eight months ago and uh, talked about different options for being able to get it outside of the state pharmacies that you can you can get it in. There right. are some other sources of it. So uh, you may want to look back on the podcast to see some of that's available. And you know what? I, I got to be honest with you. I find it. You know, here's the thing. Whether you believe that ivermectin or hydrochloroquine or something else, whatever, is um, is really effective on COVID or not, that's really between you and your doctor. The doctors provide the the doctors prescribe medicines that are off label all the time. And what I mean by off label is a, a medicine yeah. is developed for one thing and one thing only. That's what the development is. But it turns out that there are side effects that cause it to affect other things that are beneficial. Um, and I think even at the time I mentioned that uh, uh, my wife or one of my kids was on a medication that was abso- act- actually, can't even remember what the medication, I think it was epile- It was a me- medicine for epilepsy. But it, she, they weren't taking it for that. They were taking it because of a, of a benefit for something else for the, uh, for the uh, uh, chemical. Anyway, for whatever it was, the doctor had said, this is what this medicine's for, but don't be too worried about it. What I'm really using it for is this. And they went down to the pharmacy and they filled it, obviously, and they got it. It happens all the time. They prescribe off-label uh, you know, uh, uh, medicines all the time for a variety of things. This is not. This should not be shocking to anybody. And the fact that the pharmacists now are getting involved and in doing all these other kind of things and and pushing back against a doctor's orders is a little uh, is a little crazy to me. Whether you agreed with it or not, I thought that that was something that should be between. I mean, if somebody look, if somebody wants to kill themselves by 
taking some medicine that is unproven or un, I still think if somebody's got cancer and they want to try some new age treatment on uh, you know if you eat the fertilized goat's eggs from a black goat that was you know born under a full moon or whatever because you think that's going to cure cancer well then go for it I mean, go for it. If that's what it is, that you, you know, it's up to you. That should be your choice between you and your doctor. And uh, and nobody else should really have any say in it at that point, in, in my opinion. So you're right. I get agitated about that kind of stuff, too. So, uh, I'm sorry, Kay. I accidentally, I accidentally had to. On your chat. I'm sorry, Kay. I, on his Facebook. It was June the 30th. He didn't, he didn't, as proud as he was in this video, you can go to UAAISU Doctor of Pharmacy Program. It's right there, first video, and he's so happy to be doing it. And he didn't even put it on his Facebook. Well, June it, 30th. I'm sorry. We, I lost the first part of what you said there, Kay, because I had you turned down. What did you say about what, who's on Facebook on June 30th? Okay, so Mike Dunlavey signed this on, on June 30th. But he did not put it on his Facebook. Last time I checked, right. I kept checking and checking. And the UAAISU Doctor of Pharmacy program, it's the first video in there. I kept trying to put the link, but the link wouldn't take me directly to the video. But it did take me to videos, and then you just click on it, and the first video is done, lady. And as proud as he was about all this in his video, he didn't even post it. At the same yeah. time, he turned out the... Um, the PFD thing. Oh, don't look here. Look over here. We're going to give you $3,200, but don't look what I just did right. for your health. Yeah. You know, he knows better. I don't know if he's compromised or he's just a rhino, but Trump should have never, ever mentioned how great he was. And I yeah. need to write to him and let him know what's <laughs> going on here because it's not right. Trump right. signed the right to try. Anybody has the right to try. And I don't need a pharmacist telling me how my doctor should prescribe me anything. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that part 100%, Kay. Thank you so much for calling in. Uh, Kevin in the chat room says, let doctors be doctors. That's how we came up with therapeutics and life-extending HIV meds is because doctors were experimenting with different things. It's called practicing medicine for a reason. It's an experiment. It's not an exact science, that's for sure. Let's go over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Randy in Fairbanks. Randy, what's on your mind? Uh, oh, I just saw an interesting uh, editorial piece in the Anchorage Daily News yesterday, Tuesday, July 10. Someone wrote a commentary entitled, Saying No to a Constitutional Convention is the Most Important Vote You'll Cast. <clears throat> and uh, now i got my own reasons why I'm a little worried about a Constitutional Convention, but I was curious what specifically somebody else would say. And this person, a lady lawyer who wrote this, um, didn't come out and say specifically, very specifically, what it is that she's afraid of. She just gave a big laundry list of different things that could be put up. And, and, uh, and she says in here, she says, as far as saying no, she said, that's true no matter where you fall on the political spectrum, far right, far left, or anywhere in between. And then uh, she wrote further down, she says, as I write this, outside interests are pouring millions in unlimited dark money into an effort to turn Alaska into a civic guinea pig. They want to shred and rewrite Alaska's founding document and start over again with, with a boot on the neck, anyway, on your personal privacy. And she goes on, continuing that sentence, that that, that personal privacy may mean that she's afraid that they'll put a abortion, abortion right, ban or yeah. something in there, but she right. didn't say that specifically. And um, But I learned something kind of interesting reading this. Uh, well, first of all, another thing I'll read here. Any Any legally qualified voter in Alaska may run as a 
may run to be a delegate, sitting legislators could and probably would run as delegates and win on name recognition alone. That's, yeah, that, I guess that's obvious that that might be the case. Right. And uh, uh, anyway, um, and she said also, meanwhile, outside groups representing special interests on every facet of the ideological prism will flood these delegate races with cash in order to put their foot soldiers in the room where it happens. Uh, but one thing that I read that was int- that I didn't quite know about is that the legislature can call a constitutional convention anytime, but I went to the Constitution to read where exactly does it say about that, and it simply says in Article 13, Section 2, uh, re- regarding convention, it just simply says here, this is the Alaska Constitution, the legislature may call constitutional conventions at any time, but it doesn't, I was curious if they had to have a two-thirds vote or a majority. It doesn't say. Anyway. Yeah, I'm not. Something? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if there's a if they uh, if they need a specific vote. I know it could be called by the people. I'm not familiar enough to know, Randy, whether or not the legislature could do it with a supermajority or anything else. We'll uh, we'll find out. Uh, we'll see if we can get that answer for you. I appreciate you calling in. All right, tomorrow on the program, Elijah Verhagen in hour one, Walter Jones in hour two, and. Uh, We'll be back. We've got Friday. I'm thinking of taking Friday off. Did I tell you that? No. Okay. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. We'll see you. Bye. No, I thought about that this morning. I'm actually traveling, and I'm going to be in Homer on Friday, and I am thought, do I really want to get up early and do the show? I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Should I take Friday off? I got so much stuff to do. I don't know. Okay. All right. Well, we'll, uh, I guess we'll see. Uh, the Michael Duke show. Common sense, liberty, liberty based, free thinking radio. I hope you guys have a great day. I know you're gonna. Don't forget the good news. 78. 400 squats. Dang. Dang. All right, friends. We'll see you uh, tomorrow.
we've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show. <laughs> 